sure a product is both appealing and functional. Okay, then. So, I'd like to welcome Lisa Hu to the show. Lisa, come on over. Lisa is the founder of Lux and Nix. Hi, and guys. How are you? I'm good. How are I you? I hope you didn't get bored over and listen to those old guys talk. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're <laughs> just fine. <laughs> I have my phone to be occupied with me. The oh, okay. Time, so see, good. see, there you go. I got to tell you guys a story. When I met Lisa at Venture Cafe, it had to be about three years ago now. Probably close to three years. She was. You were still. Lisa was still working in finance, right? Or was it? Was it finance? Oh, man, I don't. Well, yeah, I was in. I was in finance. You were in finance, so and like you're you're about to go years. to China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're about to go to China. Was it right before? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, because you told me what we were WhatsApping. You said I never heard of WhatsApp. He's like, I, I, when I go to China, we can WhatsApp. I was like, okay, what is that? <laughs> And so you went, to, you went to China and you came back with all of these great ideas. And was, I saw you do your first, uh, what was it? Um, Kickstarter. Kickstarter and all of the other stuff. And so we've known each other for quite a while. I don't know if you still know me since you're all rich and famous and all of that stuff. Of course I know you, John. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that long. But yeah, but this is, what the, this is what the podcast is all about. We're all about talking about our story, telling our stories and how we got to where we are and all of the things that came along with that. Whether it was whether it was the failures, whether it was the small successes, the big wins and things like that. So um, I would love for you to share a little bit about your story. Yeah, I mean, Lisa, I, I guess let's start there. How did you go from working this corporate finance job to fashion designer? <laughs> uh, honestly, the transition felt so, uh, in some ways, very normal. It does. It didn't feel like a 180 even though like on the surface it's very much like very very different one's very creative <clears throat> one's very like process logic left brain type mm. um, but I literally just needed a bag at that time I was looking for something that looked really chic and that was also very functional and I couldn't find it on the market I just went down this path of like well I'm gonna make it so I remember at the time I didn't own a sewing machine. Um, I had to go to my mom's basement to find her old sewing <laughs> machine. And I made the first like prototype myself with some like fabric and then I took some cardboard box, you know, to use it as like to keep it structured. And then of course, like once I was done with it, I was like, oh, this is not the bag I was looking for. Because like at the time I was growing my career and I was really looking for something that was both like kept all my stuff together. Like I, I mean, I had, literally like freaking heels in a plastic bag because I'm short so I would like change between my my flats to my um, heels throughout the day but I had everything in like a plastic bag and I'm here trying to grow my career and look like a legitimate career woman and I just didn't I you know I look like really nice and holding a plastic bag every day and so that was kind of like my repertoire <coughs> then um, and so long story short I had this prototype, which is great because then I could take it to, I took it to like a local seamstress who made another prototype to me and for me and I found out that, you know, it's not so simple. It's not like you can just take 
material and take like you know an idea and construct it into a bag because there's like it's it's actually very complicated mm -hmm. and so started exploring because the seamstress that helped me with it she was like look I can help you make a better prototype but that's it and I was like okay um, that's fine I'll, I guess I'll go look for a manufacturer how hard could that be so every single time I was like I convinced myself that it wasn't a hard thing to do so after that loop I went and traveled to like New York I looked online like sent my um, sketches to a bunch of like manufacturers in the States and none of them could actually make it the way that I want it to be made it's almost like you want like the high-end quality with the function of a what's a men's bag that's super functional like what's one that comes up oh gym bag <laughs> don't look at me yeah. just kind of those duffel bags is my go-to backpack so. I yeah. carry a backpack he carries a backpack. I carry a backpack we carry yeah. backpacks right so then but then do you like off the top of your head do you think can you think of like one woman's bag that like looks nice and has that function or do they just usually look nice and they just look nice. I think they, so I guess I'm exposed to women's bags maybe a little bit more than the average guy because mm -hmm. I go to court. And, you know, that is something I hear my female lawyers talk about a lot is they want a bag that can fit all their court stuff in, you know, literally just files and stacks of paper, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, it looks nice. So they either carry two purses or three purses if they have a clutch. Yeah. Or they carry this, I don't know what, it looks like a giant, like, shopping bag. <laughs> coat or designer yeah but it, I don't know again they complain about it a lot but I you know I don't have to worry about it because I carry a backpack yeah yeah and it's it's a thing so like for women your bag is a bit of your it's like a, a status symbol sure. who like you are yeah exactly it's like a watch and so you know that's not an uncommon problem for women to carry multiple bags because one might be like the ballistic nylon bag that carries all your stuff because you know what there's nothing else available one might be like this is my well i'm going to toss this ballistic nylon bag aside and i'm going to take this to my dinner or dinner meeting or you know meeting a client or something like that so i don't look like i'm carrying this ballistic nylon bag that doesn't match my outfit that's exactly how it kind of came about for me too like when i realized that was a problem i just kind of went down this path looked for manufacturers and in the states couldn't find them and then at that time i was still full-time in finance i uh i did some research and i was like man i can't find anyone um in the states i can't like i even searched online like through like alibaba or something like that some like procurement um, platform and i saw that there was uh, a trade show in october and this is probably right before i met or that day was right before i met you and then there was two trade shows, one in Hong Kong and one in Guangzhou. And I was like, that's it. I'm gonna quit my job, I'm gonna go to these trade shows, and then I'm gonna be an instant success. <laughs> that's awesome. That was, no, 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 it's not awesome. I sat there for, we, I went to Venture Cafe to network and she sat me down at the table for like an hour and a half, like, I'm going to China. Am I going to China? I'm not sure if I'm going to China, I'm going. Should I go? I don't know, but I'm going. I'm going, I'm, I'm, and it was so much fun talking to you that day because I saw the enthusiasm and I knew in that second that you were going to be a success. And I just sat back and watched the last few years, <laughs> man. It's like, look at Lisa go. You know? I, yeah, I I'm mean, still on, I'm like, I'm like number three on your email list right, <laughs> right now. <laughs> like the spam list. Well, no, she, her stuff doesn't go to spam. No, She's smarter she, than that. She sees your name and hits spam. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why I don't reply. <laughs> I'm kidding. But so Lisa, we just met. 
And honestly, the thing that jumps out to me the most is just like how brave you are and how courageous that was to like, I see a problem. I'm just going to get this sewing machine and figure out a solution. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I cannot do that. I just don't have that skill set. I tried to like make a shelf in my garage. <laughs> there is still no shelf in my garage. I have ruined about $50 worth of wood, but there's no shelf. And you have like this company now based off just fixing a problem. But even before then, there were like a few things that I tried. Like I, I actually did a, you know, I was, you know, I had a full time career, but then I also did like site consulting. So I, so I understand like that side too. And I never really, I was afraid, you know, I was afraid of doing this. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just, I did a few product related businesses beforehand or tried. Um, I even tried to start like a baby lotion. I didn't, ha- I don't even have, have kids yet. I was, I still don't have kids right now. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna create this like organic baby lotion. And this is like before it even was in vogue. So we were onto something, but we couldn't pull it through. And I think, you know, like during this time frame, I think, you know, like it was a very transformational time frame for me because, you know, I was like, you know, I was on the verge of like, you know, uh, I was growing my career and I was a director of finance, you know, my boss loved me and he would have like, you know, I saw a future there. But at the same time, I felt like there was something that was fundamentally missing. I felt like it was, you know, I was like seeking something and I couldn't figure it out. And at the time I was also like going through a divorce. And so like things like that really are like very transformational moments for you where you're like, you, you come across the other side and you're like, um, I don't, I can't even describe it, but you're kind of like, making decisions like hey like I can I'm at the time I was like 30s like early 30s and I was like hey I can you know things are changing for me I can you know try this out and give it a year and see if I like it no one in my family is an entrepreneur and so I was like I can try it out I don't know why I'm like I just feel like I'm seeking something and I was like I'll give it a year if worst case scenario, I'll go back to corporate finance. I'll, you know, have the skill sets there, you know, and you know, I'm sure someone would take me back. And so, you know, it's been like three years now. And so, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I have to say, you know, when you are you, when you have that feeling of like you're searching for something, it probably means you're just not in the spot that you want to be. And like looking back, like I'm, you know, uh, <laughs> even though I don't have as you know i don't have the stability i used to have from a normal job because you know you don't get paid every friday or every other friday but i'm happier you know i'm i feel more fulfilled and i feel more in control of my life now than i did when i was you know getting working you know i was working a ton of hours i can't say 85 but working for someone else um at the time i'm not saying that's like a bad thing you know like you know, I think everyone has their own way of feeling in control. And for me, feeling in control means like, hey, like I want to wake up and do the thing that I enjoy. Now, someone else might wake up and be like, I want to wake up and serve someone else and be the best employee ever. You know, so I think to each their own. You know, I just had to find my own calling. And, you know, my own calling was like, hey, I, I want to, you know, create, I want to build. So I'm, I think I'm more of a builder. I love that. So I love that. One of the things that struck stuck out to me from the very beginning was you didn't just want to make this functional bag. You wanted to make a luxury brand. Mm-hmm. And so for the people that don't know, 
Lisa's bags aren't cheap. <laughs> so they're you, quality. They're yeah. You, I mean, you get, and I, trust me, it's 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 worth it. Explain to the people that don't know what Lux Nix really stands for. Lux Nix, it's Greek for um, light and night. Uh, so it's like a representation of like um, life changes and time changes. So how it, it's interesting because I feel like you know even. As I named the company that in the beginning, I it was inspired by like this, this uh, sunset that I saw when I was trying to decide whether I was going to leave corporate or not. Um, I feel like it, like the name itself, took on meaning for me as I grew the company as well. It has like taught me to be, you know, like not just like knowing what I had to go through, but also like being able to um, empathize with other women who are going through the same things. It's not just like, hey, it's not like everyone's trying to start a company, but you know, there's so many people out there that are growing their careers and they don't actually have a voice um, in the company itself, even though they look really successful, but there's like, they can't really uh, always talk to someone about it because it's, it's actually quite lonely when you're like the only female director um, or one of the very few female directors when um, everybody in the same level are male and it's mm -hmm. like, you're seeing that change right now, but it's still um, it's not still not fifty fifty yet. So for me, it's like how can I, you know, looking back on this, like why did I need something that looked nicer to represent my position? It was because I had a lack of confidence inside. Mm. Like at the time, like I was looking for something outward to give me that confidence. You know, you see a lot of successful women, and they're always like dressed really nice and. They have you know a nice face of makeup and they're looking for like external like in some ways external validation because like imposter syndrome right sure and the thing is like if I can create a product that you know like it's actually it looks really nice and it's very chic and it keeps up their with their appearance but then also it's helpful for them like it's actually useful for them in their day-to-day -day. like the looking nice part is to like be like hey you got this you you have the confidence is here you're completely polished you're not having to carry a plastic bag with shoes in it uh, you look you know you look very nice so outward appearance validated and then also on the inside you're organized you have your stuff together like just like how you are you know I, I really you know one thing I'm right now I'm going through like a rebranding process because um, as you guys know like over time you kind of like look at your stuff and you're like oh I'm now I've now that I've gotten through a few cycles of this like I I know where I can improve on um, and like including like my messaging like I, I don't think I, uh, I I need to work on the messaging to to help help instill more confidence in my customer base and right now like in the past and these are just you know things that you learn along the way you learn that like oh like you know what are other people doing <laughs> so you know what one of the things that I love about this journey for you <clears throat> from my perspective, every time I see a woman with one of your bags, mm -hmm. I say, hey, you know, and I start a conversation. It's a conversation started for me because I know you. And the reaction is always the same. Like, yeah, you know, my friend Lisa runs this, you know, you know, runs the company. She's like, oh, I love Lisa. <laughs> like everybody knows, like whether it's through your marketing or whether it's through your message or whether it's through your personal touch, people love you. Right, when I, and that's always the reaction that I get when I see somebody with one of your bags, and I say something to them. It's like, oh, I love Lisa. It's not, they don't say, oh, I love my bags. They say, oh, I love Lisa. 
you know, and that brand itself is not, you can't make that kind of stuff up. And you're genuinely yourself. And so I really love that part about it. And so as you do, as you make this pivot that you're talking about, what are some of the things that you want to accomplish? Whew, that's a loaded question. What are some of the things I want to <laughs> Hey, um, you came in the lines then, you know, so anyway. Yeah, so, you know, so this past year was a hard year for retail and a hard year for, sure. um, for just, you know, I think most companies out there, mm -hmm. um, some are successful through the pandemic um, and some, you know, like, ha like having to uh, face a hey, I can no longer have these like one-on-one -on -one meaningful conversations <clears throat> with my customer base um, in person mm -hmm. to like trying to figure out, okay, how do, I, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. So that's when I started realizing like, hey, my website's not, it's, it doesn't portray that. It doesn't do what it does like in person, right. you know? Like, so we had, um, before COVID, we had like a ton of pop-ups. We went to like 16 different cities, you know, right before COVID, we hit 16 different cities, which is really cool because then we can talk, we can talk to the consumers and then also tell them the story and like really be there for them and give them that message in person. So now I'm faced with the reality of like, oh, like I didn't prepare myself to do that virtually. And so that's why I'm going through a whole rebranding uh, process of like, hey, how do I, how do I do it without having that face-to-face -face interaction like you know so so to your question like what do I hope to accomplish with what I'm doing right now um, I hope to accomplish that in-person engagement in-person relationship building that was done offline and taking it online um, now I am much more uh, thoughtful about this in the past in the past I kind of just looked at other websites and follow what they did I was like oh surely if you know, if they're successful, they know what they're doing. Mm. What I realized is like, I need to bring a different flavor, which is like the Lux and Nix flavor, which is more about like, the messaging is very different than another company that's out there. Not to say that it's bad, it's just that works for them. And I have something that works for for us that's different than other companies. But it's, it's easy to get taken away and see other people's success in an area that you're not good at and try to like mimic that. And it's, um, it's harder and it takes more time and intention and this is what I'm finding out and that's why I'm taking my time like working through this um, to set up something that's different and unique and it might not be completely it might not be completely no like it to the to the outside world it might look like a nicer website but there's so much detail like UX wise and like copywriting and things like that that makes a difference and that like the it's the little details that sets you apart um, in this really crowd, like crowded world that we have virtually, right? Because <laughs> we can't actually have these like uh, genuine conversations anymore in person. It's like very rare. Like this is, you guys are probably the. This feels like the first time I've actually like talked to like Good. a larger group of people, Come on. Come on. and it feels you know yeah. liberating. And today is like the most I've ever been outside of my my home because I've been working from home. <laughs> Welcome. For, like, Welcome. There you go. Yeah, for like a year. Yeah. Um, it's a safe space. Oh, and those, those yeah. little touches. I mean is what sets your brand apart. It's about the function, but also style. It's the little things that make a big difference. Right, and I never thought to try to like mimic that and put that into the, this virtual world, which is what, we're, what people are facing now. The thing I love about your business model 
is that a lot of the when you get into the price points where you are the the other your competitors they're more focused on the you know the the the, the flashy and the you know the here's here's what you can you here's what you can do on the runway or whatever it is but to ha- I didn't I never saw anything like what you were doing and actually looking at something for the a professional woman that was like this is for the professional woman who still wants to look good while she's kicking ass mm-hmm. you know that's kind of the that was kind of the brand that I saw emerging am I off base or am I close no I mean I I don't think there is another working woman professional company I mean there's professional work bag companies or there's bag companies um, they usually focus on like you know a broader audience so I am not aware of another one that's just dedicated to women as a professional work bag company I know it's like well what's you know it's like nuances right but like mm-hmm. um, um, but yeah I mean there's I think that's the thing like a, there's a lot of companies out there and they're distracted by the shiny things and they don't necessarily like focus and I'm I'm just working on just focusing um, on one group um, and my tribe which is this I love it and Lisa I kind of want to segue off of that and your tribe touch on something you mentioned earlier about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and then I think that's something that every entrepreneur feels at some point right mm-hmm. you're at your desk it's late at night you're burning the midnight oil and you're just like can I really do this or am I just faking it? Mm-hmm. But as a woman, I, you know, like you said, you see one woman in a room of 15 entrepreneurs or 50 entrepreneurs, and you are really trying to put women at the forefront in your company and your message. Is that, I mean, kind of the brand that you're putting out there into the world? Mm-hmm. It is. It, it's interesting because, because I you know, was the career woman because I was the entrepreneur that's trying to prove to the world, you know, I, I can do this. I've done a lot of, um, I, I can now pick up things that other women are doing and I can pick up when people are like slightly insecure and it happens a lot. You like notice that like they, it's like a good way to describe it is like when you guys like meet a guy and you're like that guy's a douchebag <laughs> i mean there's some frosted tips involved and some popped collar yeah no I, I yeah the, the annihilation t-shirt is kind of a red flag or yeah so like i mean you so like for women it's a little bit more subtle it's like uh they're they're more tactful about it they do it in a way <clears throat> where um it's more like they would um they would say things that um you know, I, I, it's I guess, obvious that they're overcompensating for something, I guess. Yeah, they're overcompensating for something. But the thing is, like, I was that person. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you first met me, I feel like I was that person. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it's those things that, like, those, you know, those things that I want to um, be able to help women have more of, like, a quiet confidence about them. Like, hey, like, look, like, things are not always going to go the way you know, we want it to, and that's okay. And, you know, and, you know, like, be assured with who you are and you're worthy. And you don't need this world, outside world, to, to like, validate who you are. Wow. You know, and, and those are, I mean, those are, those it are real. Simple, I mean, it? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It sounds simple, but it has so much impact. <laughs> it does. Like, yeah. when you can make that little bit of difference in, like, 
help someone get over that lack of self-confidence where they just feel a little bit calmer or a little bit better about a situation let them true let them yeah. let their true selves shine through yeah, yeah and it's harder to do than it i mean it's yeah. easier said than, than because love for self you know. is 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 a lot of times loving yourself is confused with arrogance you know uh, overconfidence you know, like, I love myself, so I'm going to be loud and boisterous and I'm going to speak my mind and I'm going to push this other person around and I'm going to show them. Like, no, just loving yourself is just being. Just be. Just be. And be confident in just being. Just be. That's all you got to do. Just be. Although you do hear that a lot, you know, like in terms of like people um, talking about that, but no one really teaches you. Like, it's hard to explain. Because I, I went through a lot of different phases. That's why I feel like I understand um, what a um, what a you know what a generally ambitious woman think or how they feel. Um, you know, in the beginning, because I'm also ENTJA, which is a very like generally a very like I don't know how to describe it, but I don't know if you guys know ENTJ or my bricks. Um, Myers Briggs. I knew what you were talking about. Yeah, but yeah. You I, might I need don't to know all the words. Our audience. I don't know all the, the you know. Yeah, the we're letters. we're generally less ENTJs are generally less emotional, more logical. <laughs> so you're probably an ENTJ <laughs> too. Um, but yeah, so I used to think that that was like all like very fluffy and like it, I just mm. couldn't handle it. And I'm like, like I I even remember like this is like a, a, a little bit of a tangent. I had a pet that died and I didn't even cry I wasn't upset and like looking back on it now I'm like oh my god like how like you know it it you know there was serious things that were going on that like caused me to like want to be this macho woman that's why I feel like I can speak for the woman who's building their career Mm. and it would actually mean something in in the sense that like hey when I say like be confident in yourself it's not like you know the the kumbaya type mm. of like be confident love yourself it's like no like you're gonna have to go through a lot of different things you're gonna have to like you know realize this and feel like this core sense of confidence and assurance that no one else can help you realize that you're gonna have to do it yourself and like a big uh practice that i've done i don't know if you guys like the the five whys have you guys done that Mm-mm. so if you ever do something where you're like I don't know why I did that you know like in terms of like that was a really off base um, and I didn't feel good about that action then you can start asking yourself why did I do this and then you can dig further down until you get to like the core right. reason you keep asking for, yourself why put uh, it five times I usually stop because someone paid me to do it <laughs> so I feel better about pay, myself paid you to like feel better about yourself no just why did I do that someone paid me to do that I pay him to feel better about himself all yeah, the time sure but then the next question could be like, why did you accept money for that? Exactly. You know, like, and then you why did they down. take money for you? Yeah, to do that? yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. I like money. Yeah. Why do you like money? But here's the thing: it, you, you just, are you have you're to keep okay, going. but that's something you're okay with, you know. <laughs> right. But like, if you're not okay with something, if you're like, you know, you fundamentally you're like, hey, I don't know why I was just, you know, why I was, was so mean to that person in Starbucks, you know, like or something like that. You can dig down deeper. And then that's when you realize like the core fundamental things. And I did some of that and I realized like my why like was confidence issues or like um, like self-worth no issues. But on the outside, everyone thinks I'm super confident. That's the funny thing. Like everyone thinks that, you know, I'm, I'm I remember there. I remember having a conversation with you right before you launched and I said, 
this brand needs to be about you. You need to be out front. You need to, you're the, you know, you're the designer, you're the driver. He's like, no, 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 that's not my thing. I don't want to do it that way. I'll let the models and all these other people be out there. And <laughs> yeah, think, really that was your, that was, that was a conversation that you and I actually had. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, Lisa, you freaking rock, man. You need to be out there. Everybody needs to know your name, right? And you're like, no, no, no. And that was three years ago. But now uh-huh. I, I, I bump into people that have your bags. Like, I love Lisa. I'm like, yeah, because Lisa's the bomb. You know? Yeah, I, I think, um, well, that, it, it goes back to, even though I was confident in appearance, I was, um, I wasn't sure of myself back then. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I had a message to, to, mm-hmm. to spread out there. I didn't think mm-hmm. I had anything to offer to people besides awesome products. And, uh, and now. And now. Yeah, now, what, what changed, what turned the corner? Uh, what turned the corner? That's a good question. Um, I think I, so I started the, this whole pop-up route that we did. Uh, I started that because a friend of mine suggested, you know, a few pop-ups in St. Louis. So I started going to them and talking to people. And, you know, I uh, was forced in a position where I, I had to explain to people how this company started. Um, and people reacted to the story. Uh, so over time, I realized like how important telling the brand story was, and because then people started relating the product to the brand itself. Um, the old me would have thought this was all fluff. <laughs> the new me realized like no, it's it's not. Like I never. So that's why I say like this this process had you no know, one fulfilled what I was or answered the question of like seeking. What was I seeking? And then also, it's 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 allowed me to like learn um, learn a lot, and um, including things that I used to not believe in, and I never um, understood. And it's um, if if you were to ask me like three years ago when I first met George that I would be the person that I am today, you know, even then when I was you know aspiring to start this company, I would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I would be like. I don't cry about things, okay? I'm only logical. I don't, you know, like I'm totally fine. You don't, don't worry about me, like. Um, and uh, now I'm more in tune with my own emotions and like understanding, like how realizing like how important it is to actually uh, tell other people about how I felt because um, that helps them too. Lisa, I love the message. You know, I work in a very male-dominated profession. I'm a mm-hmm. lawyer. Which I always think is weird, because it's the law. You sit I'm around. Surprised there's not more female lawyers. I feel like and it's growing. It grows, yeah. and there are lots of pushes for diversity and uh, female inclusion, women in the law. And I know a lot of people in my profession and around the country. They feel that supporting women is almost to the exclusion of men. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get any feedback like that? Because I know supporting women is a big part of what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can definitely see that, and I, I you know you know I was actually just at a uh, a baby shower this past weekend, and someone was like, "Well, how come there's no men at this baby shower?" I'm like, well, "You're right. Like tradition, it's like always females." And, yeah, go ahead, baby you know, showers are a new thing. They're not. Tradition. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, guys do diaper parties. I've yeah, a number of diapers. So parties. I think yeah. it, it is it is definitely flipping like I'm, I'm saying like it's actually i think it's a it's a good thing that men are starting to say like hey like you know what about us you know like i think it's a good thing because you know over time i mean right now you know you can't 
you know, the numbers are the numbers. It's, it's uneven. But, you know, with more conversation and with, uh, I think one thing that's like people don't talk about is like, you know, the reason we need to support women is not to be like, hey, we need to give her, you know, a raise just because she's a woman. But I think it's more from uh, a standpoint of like, we're not equipped with the language or the ability to communicate how we feel or think well, because we weren't, we were taught to be like, like the pretty girl that doesn't cause shit, basically, like mm -hmm. growing up. And so, and so like we were also taught as a woman leader, without anyone telling us this, but like we can't cry in the workforce. We can't, uh, we gotta, you know, if we do cry, it's a sign of vulnerability and females are known to be emotional. It's not, the, the truth of the matter is, it's not because females are emotional, it's because we weren't taught to, and I, I don't think it's like just females, I think, you know, this includes men too, where like, you know, you you might not be under the condition to express how you feel. Like for, for men, like when you're growing up, you expressed it through like, Punching people, as a woman, it's like, what, what, we weren't taught that, you know, we were taught to be more like, um, in some ways, like independent, try to control our own emotions, and, you know, and I think that's, um, that's shown up in how we grow up, like, sure. it's shown up in the way where, as uh, a woman who is growing my, my career, like, I couldn't go to someone, another woman. It was very rare for me to have a woman mentor. Um, you know, it's, it's, and it's very rare for women to have a woman mentee. You know, it's not inclusive. Like I, I know there's exceptions for everything, but it was, it just, the collaboration wasn't there because we were taught to be, like to contain everything within ourselves. And it, it just, so I think that like, to your point, like I think, uh, the support is not to say, hey, you know, give women a, a title raise just because she's a woman, but it's more so like, hey, like support them and like, hey, like, you know, how can we um, create an environment where you're allowed to thrive? Like, mm -hmm. is it like opening up conversations and um, like helping you find the language to describe what you are thinking or feeling? Because, you know, when you're, so like, if you think about this, like, when when there are few fewer females in a in a industry like um, law who do they talk to if they have issues like you know we do have some fundamental problems that are different than men right we were like we, we grew up different we um, express our emotions different but the people that we can look up to which is the majority is males so then we end up kind of going into our own little hole or corner and trying to resolve the problems ourselves because you know this is how you know we see you guys on the surface doing this too but <laughs> deep down inside you guys are just like punching it out in the back you know in the back of the building or we little babies in the corner like, crying our asses off that's interesting on the inside. I mean, from a the legal profession again it it should be very gender neutral right because you sit mm -hmm. on it you read stuff and yeah. you get up and you talk about stuff and you write about stuff but growing up you know i had idols or mentors that were male or people I looked up to, you know, a lot of times they're fictional attorneys in my background, you know, I can't think of a single female attorney like that was on TV or in a movie that I was like, oh, I could be like that person. And, right. you know, there's a Perry Mason or there's a, 
you know, my cousin Vinny right. or a Paul Newman, but yeah. there's I can't think of any female attorneys. I tell you, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's it's, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit different now because uh, I watch Suits, man. Legally Blonde. That's about the last. <laughs> oh, right, and that's like that's honestly, and it's a, and it, you, well, it's a comedy. It's, yeah. Well, Eric Brockovich wasn't now, even a lawyer. That's right. And the thing is, like, they always had to charm people through their looks or you know, like, through another method, mm-hmm. and that's. Um, you know, I mean, you can almost say, like, if you look at it now, it can be almost, like, sexist, right, in a way. Not to say that, you know, that's... Yeah. We didn't feel that way back then, but... I watched some movie. I'm trying to remember what it was. I was in a hotel last week, and I watched the movie, and they had a disclaimer that, like, this view contains outdated feelings or views <laughs> that we don't, as a as a network support. Wow. I was, like, was it on Disney Plus? I know. I was I like, sounds like well, my thought you was like, Disney Plus that much? Well, my kids, Dave, my kids, Dave, yeah. Dave is a Dave's Disney got kids. Got I was like, sure, oh, how long ago was this movie? But it was put out in like 1998. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't remember Change, what the movie was. Things have changed a lot in a short period of time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Legally Blonde is probably 98 to 99, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, early 2000 or maybe like late 90s for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that. But you had Judge Judy. You do have Judge Judy. I think, I, mean, I think Judge Judy is kind of that opposite end of the spectrum. That, again, in my role, in my profession, we see a lot that if you want to be a strong, assertive woman, there's certain ways to do it, but it's a very thin line. You're no longer aggressive and an advocate. You're a bitch. Right. Mm. Yeah. And some there are people I know that have gotten that nomer, or nomenclature used about them, and they just own it, and that's who they are their whole career. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that's right or good or bad, but, you know, that's the way they run with it. But then it it doesn't allow for, like, a more collaborative, like, hey, let's make sure everyone's growing together or, like, you know, like, working together with a person that has claimed that to be their title. That would be really hard to work with them. You're, I mean, they almost get their way because you don't want to mess with them because, you know, it's more more work to mess with someone Double that is, has that title, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and again, sometimes that's true. Sometimes you just know that's what you're going to get into, so you put on your, you know, your battle hat and you're going to go to war right away with somebody rather than having that collaborative conversation. It, it, right. And, and that, it, yeah. it, it's the same. But you I, know, it's a similar struggle, but not quite the same as a black male in, in any industry and in corporate you know, or in meetings or in other places. Like, you don't want to be the angry black man. Right, you don't want to be the one that just intimidates people just through like, ah, you know, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, you know, whatever. But it's when you start to think about how everybody works to together collaboratively, it's all about how the culture is created. Like, and that's I know that's one of the things that you're big on when you're talking about the culture of your business. Like when I go into his office, there's a culture there. You know, and I've seen people come and go, and he's got more female lawyers. The female lawyers in his firm out, outnumber the males. Yeah, I mean, and we have, so, so I have four employees, and half of them are female. But mm-hmm. the two lawyers that are female and the support staff are male, yeah. which is, I didn't think it was odd until people pointed it out to me that it was odd, but. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not like this is, I think this is definitely changing. I think it takes people like you that's like, you know what, I'm not going to, you know, just yeah. want the best person yeah. for the job, and that's how they got hired. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Before it was, I mean, it was there was phases when it was all guys mm-hmm. in the office. Yeah. You know, it was. I I thought it was. I thought the culture was a little bit less work conducive. 
You know, it was like, well, little, it was a little less fair, serious. Those guys also got fired. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was just, you know, it was more, it was like the guys, you know, the guys were like cool with just hanging out and chatting with each other. And I go in there and every, almost every time I go in there, the, the, the lawyers are working on something. They're not just hanging what? out. <laughs> Don't do that. That's not, that's not a good look. Ah, that's probably easy. But I was thinking more like you just ben did Hurd, the antithesis James of what we were trying to. Anyway, um, yeah. Again, we we just hired who was the best fit for the job, and right. we thought we would be you know the best fit for the culture that we're trying to build. And like George said, sometimes you get personalities in there that it shifts more away from being productive and more into just. I don't want to say like a frat boy mentality, but just yeah. it's not productive. It's just I don't it's more fun than or play than work. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having fun at work. I mean, no. don't get me wrong. And I think there's nothing wrong with having uh, a male staff. It's just like overall the reason that there's less females in, like I was in, uh, I, you know, I was in finance before. Like mm -hmm. there's less female um, female leaders. And it, it, it was interesting because I'm, I'm not going to like say, you know, like call out anyone's name, but there was, uh, I had a female boss that literally, there was an opportunity with a, uh, uh, like a sales group, uh, like a whole sales group business meeting at one of my companies. And I was like, hey, I would love to be there. They asked me to come, so that way I can help them do more business analysis around you know, their, um, their sales and their, their target goals. And she literally, like, I was like, hey, I would totally, like I know it's like a day's, you know, of me being out you know, because of this meeting, but I will work till midnight, I will work late you know after this meeting too to make up for anything that i missed i'll make up the hours and um she didn't want me to go because she like her reasoning was she never did it when she was in my role oh wow and so those are what i'm talking about it's like you know like those are the things that people don't talk about you know when you have a male mentor they're just like yes here's a pathway mm -hmm. as yeah as a female like we don't get that, hey, here's the pathway as much. And she's almost they're, institutionalizing right. those limitations. Well, Because yeah. she didn't get them, so why would you get them? And, and right, and th that almost didn't make any, yeah. th that didn't make any sense to me. Like I said, I think things are changing, you know, things are changing all the time, um, but I think that was a mentality for older females that were leaders because they're like, hey, look, I worked my butt off to the point to where I am today, mm -hmm. and you need to pay the dues versus being like, you know what? I paved the way, please, here's the, here's the path. Sense. You know, when you start talking about stuff like that, you know, in diverse situations, um, some people do take on that Highlander mentality, like, there can only be one, you know, and I'm the chosen one, and you can't, you know, don't dare cross this line. You know, it's, it's real, and I've seen it play out so many different times that, you know, you get this one person who is the, the female that has grown to a certain level or the African-American that has grown to yeah. a certain level and they're yeah, like territorial place. because, you know, it, my space can't overlap with yours. You, you're coming to knock me down because I was the guy or mm -hmm. I was the girl and it's real, you know, and, that's, yeah. uh, uh, it's, and it does go back to the imposter syndrome, but I've seen it hundreds of times where I've been in uh, corporate situations or job situations where they didn't want somebody else to come into their territory who were like them. Right. And they're it intimidated happens, by it. But being black or yeah, Asian, sure. it happens just for yeah. like, uh, that too. I'm the representative. We only yeah. need one. They're like, like you, no. you only need one token Asian for this group? <laughs> exactly. Like, 
Like, you know, you you don't want another Adrian. Like, right, or great. Black I, you know, I checked the box already. It's already checked. We don't need any more. Yeah. Like, no, dude, we need as many as we can get if they're qualified. Exactly. It's interesting. I mean, like I said, like, all I want is, you know, for everyone to have, like, the abundance mindset. Yes. Where it's like, you know, like, why not? You know, what's it going to hurt you to let someone that's more junior than you to, like, mm-hmm. strive up? You know? Yeah. I'm sorry that someone wants and is thirsty and wants that <laughs> knowledge and wants right, to, right, like, right, right. you know, like, improve themselves. And if I like can lift you up above me, why not? Yeah. People don't want to do that anymore. It's like, you know what, here you go. You go first. Yeah. Or you go further. No, they want to just, ah, I did it. I'm the one. And, and no. I don't know if this... I mean, I've had several conversations company, like that so recently. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's 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 different now because, you know, of course, like, you know, that's, that's the whole, now that I'm an entrepreneur, I don't necessarily get that I mean I, I you know we can talk about like fundraising another time but like <laughs> that's another area where there's less females that do that but do you as a white male like not to put you in a box but just out of curiosity does that it's does, a big box when it's does that okay. happen to you like has that ever happened to you in your career when someone was like not giving me the opportunity to grow yes so when I got out of school it was really a depressed hiring market Mm-hmm. And, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but a lot of the firms that I interviewed for, they were looking for that diversity hire. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of places that told me in my face, they were like, we'd love to have you, but you're a white male. We can't have, you know, yeah. we need to hire So you almost diversity. get the All those boxes are checked. And, I, you know, I was definitely frustrated at the time, but it's really hard for me to look at that as like, oh, the reverse discrimination. Like, yeah. you know what, I'll be okay. But I was on, almost sad for those people that were going to get hired because are they always going to question were they hired because they're a great young attorney and they've got a lot of promise and potential or because they just checked a box. Yeah. And that would, you know, be in the back of my mind if I were in their shoes. But I have definitely been at, you know, the big law firm before where I was limited in my growth because I wasn't the person the clients wanted to see or the, wasn't mm. the person the clients wanted to talk to. And at least that was the feeling. I don't know if that was actually true, but you know, they wanted to meet with a female partner. They wanted to meet with an African American partner. And well, okay, but I know what I'm doing or I know what I'm talking about. Well, Matt, be quiet. Yeah. We need somebody. So we all experience it in some way, like somewhere. Yeah. Ultimately, I think though that that mindset just holds everybody back, and it makes everybody kind of second guess. Like, again, you go back to that imposter syndrome. Am I here because I'm good or because I'm checking a box for somebody? Right. And, you know, I have friends that I got out of law school with that they are amazing attorneys. But they've been told, I think, some very horrible things to their face that they were there because they were checking boxes. And, like, you are doing that person a disservice. And you're doing yourself a disservice. This person's a great lawyer. You should yeah. be promoting them because they're a great lawyer. Yeah. Not because of... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like, when you're, also when you're, like, in corporate, like, probably no one came up to you and said, let's have this full-on conversation about this and, like, understand the situation. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. no one's ever been, it's like, because I was in, when I was in finance, it was very, like, when I was at EY, it was very, like, hush-hush about these things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was a token hire for Asian, for minority, I don't know. But, like, really, like, these things, it's the, going back to what you guys were talking about, the HR nightmare. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you bring this up in an environment where people are, it's okay for people to ex- express, like, or have 
instill a vocabulary that allows them to talk about it in a like above the line way not mm. yeah and these know. conversations for me weren't like in my office or in the break room they're like <laughs> in the elevator or like literally one time at the urinal like hey buddy sorry about that <laughs> right like, yeah yeah okay it's the time we should talk I wish, about. I wish Jane yeah, Wayne that was is here. awkward. It's almost like something like on the sly, like oh, hey, just it. it's almost know. like they're doing you a favor. Like, look, I'm doing you a favor. I'm telling you about this, so you don't get butt hurt about this. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I literally, I, I literally had a conversation with Jen this morning, and, uh, and she was telling me she's an HR consultant, and she does diversity and inclusion, and she was telling this. She had a client that she was talking to. And she says, I really want to call this girl and tell her why we didn't hire her. Now, it was attorneys, as a matter of fact. But one of them talked with street slang, and the other one was a lot more polished. Not street slang, but not, you know, more like me. You know, not necessarily the king's English, per se. <laughs> um, and the other one, so they hired the one with the more polished, you know, vocabulary. She's like, I wonder, I should really call this girl and tell her, why we didn't hire her. And then Jen just basically said, would you call her if she was white? They're right. Don't do that. Hopefully, Whatever you do, don't do that. And for our listeners, that is the lawyer saying, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. Never call anybody and tell them why you didn't hire them. Right? That's correct. Because they could take it the wrong way, even if you mean well. But the thing about it is, like, the first thing comes to mind is, you have a guilty conscience about something. Right. Why are you calling me to tell me this? You know, and I was like, it was an interesting conversation. We do have to wrap up. Dave is is uh, I don't have my fern. Yeah, where's my fern, Dave? There's one right there. Oh, you guys trying to do that because of the guest? I couldn't. I didn't want to make it so crowded in that corner. I think we should have a fern for our guests as like a parting gift. Yeah, we should always have. Here you go. It's a succulent. Lisa, you're amazing. Thank Thanks you for, for coming and hang out with us. Yeah. Um, it's a pleasure. Yeah, Lisa, absolutely a pleasure. Get to know you. this man. He's the best lawyer in town. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. he's a good friend. <laughs> but I, I loved friend. hearing about just, you know, the path that you took to, you know, a hard right turn from a knowledge based corporate job to, like, we're going to sell a product and figure it out. Yeah. Literally from your mom's basement to. Hong Kong and you know trade shows and pop up shops. That's amazing. Yeah, like, and there's a so much more. Jump story. out of a, a, a helicopter, right? Yeah, <laughs> you'll figure it out on the way down. Build a parachute yeah. on the way down. That's right. what we always say. Well, us well, crazy entrepreneurs. Yep. Well, Lisa, again, thank you for joining us, and everybody out there, thank you for joining us on another episode of Failing Like Champions. So you know you have an option. You can stay down. You can worry about all the bad things in your life, or you can get back up one more time and take that next step forward in success.